Welcome to the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell, and uh, you know we like to talk about events and things that are happening in Sykeston. And there is a place in Sykeston uh, that has events on a very regular basis, and it is a great place. It's called Sykeston Little Theater. And uh, quite honestly, and I was having a conversation um, just a few days ago about the Little Theater. It is. The best thing between St. Louis and Memphis, there's nothing like it. They put on productions every year, like four productions at least every year. And one of those productions they they put on um, has uh, kids and youth, and they have a production coming up, and we wanted to talk about it. It is uh, Finding Nemo Jr., uh, which sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're talking with the director today, Amy Thornsborough. And Amy, thanks for being on the show. I'm happy to be here. Well, let's first talk about you a little bit and give people a little background about your yourself. And uh, has theater something that you've kind of been around since you were a kid? Or when was the first time you, you started getting into theater? I did not grow up um, around theater. In fact, the first production I saw was when I was in high school. It was another high school production. Um, I We didn't do productions at my high school, and I was kind of – um, dumbfounded when I saw it and thought, what have I been missing? Um, but I didn't have, I didn't just didn't have access to it growing up. And I was in a couple operas and in one Broadway show and in college, um, we did once upon a mattress in college and it was just fun. I enjoyed it. But after college, I didn't have a lot of opportunity. You know, most adults don't, don't have the opportunity to just say, Hey, I want to be in a show until we moved here in 2016. My family and I moved here and, Literally, the opportunity kind of dropped in our laps. That's when Sykeston Little Theater was doing Beauty and the Beast. And so we just decided as a family that we were going to audition and see what happened. And here we are seven years later, and we've done several shows there. Yeah, I mean, and I know you guys, and like your whole family is involved with it. Yes. um, We, the three of us, acted in... uh, Beauty and the Beast. We were we were all actors in that show. But since then, we have 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 done other shows as a family. My husband and I um, directed um, four kids shows and um, the the full all ages musical Matilda, and worked as as sort of co directors and music directors on those shows. Um, but we've also acted as just music directors um, for other shows and. Uh, my husband, Brock, has been lighting designer for the kids' shows. We've acted in a couple others as well. Our daughter has acted in several, I think, somewhere 15 or more um, kids' shows, youth shows, all-ages shows, and um, it has definitely kept us busy over the years. Yeah, sounds like it. Now, um, were you guys shocked when you came to Sykeston and you found Little Theater? Absolutely. We had lived in communities similar to Sykeston that had had no community theater access at all. And so it wasn't something we were looking for because it was not something we had had been involved in. And so when we when we moved here and some community members told us about it, we kind of just we didn't know what to expect. Uh, But when we when we auditioned um, for Beating the Beast, we didn't know a soul. We just walked in that building and um, were brought on stage to audition. And then, you know, through that process, we're cast and we, we got to put on this performance with these amazing costumes and cool set and, and people who very quickly became our friends. And we thought, what in the world, you know, are we doing here? It's amazing how 
how good of a program this is. And even even since then, in the in the six or seven years since then, the quality of the performances um, from lighting to set design to costumes and choreography, those bars have all been raised. Um, you know, just over the years, things have gotten better and bigger, and uh, people are are really really looking for shows that that our community can can put on and do a good job. It it doesn't feel like a community theater, like you know, you're just scrapping together costumes from wherever. You're 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 renting and you're looking for high quality things, like something that you might see at a bigger theater in a more um, urban area. And it is it's very impressive the the quality of shows that we are able to put on, even just in this small small town. I think what's really kind of neat too is, and you talked about you know the set design and the costumes and those things. And you're right, the bar keeps raising uh, at Little Theater what they're what they've been able to do. But it's the talent that amazes me because Little Theater attracts not just Sykestonians, but New Madrid, Popper Bluff, Cape Girardeau. They have people coming from all over because again, it's the only thing like this in southeast missouri but the talent that we have in this area is really amazing you're you're correct um there are several adults and kids that live right here in sykeston um that that are regulars but there are also regulars that drive from jackson and um like you said from there have been people that have driven from from poplar bluff and for that kind of commit commitment you're talking 10-ish weeks of driving whatever an hour for sunday monday tuesday thursday rehearsals and you're getting home after 10 o'clock three or four days a week um and that's not even counting the performances that you you might be getting home at one o'clock in the morning after if you if you've acted in a, in a full-on musical like sound of music that's three hours long so um people people have been committed to this place for years and years and they're just willing to to make that sacrifice um, for the shows that they know, because it is such a such an experience that you just you just can't get anywhere else. So the question becomes then, because you you and uh, Brock have directed together, and as you mentioned, you guys have done uh, children's plays together before. You're doing this one now. Um, why children's plays? Because uh, most people um, would think, gosh, trying to wrangle all of those kids, because these are big productions. The kids' productions are huge. Like, there's tons of kids that come out for these productions. What is it about the kids' productions that you guys like doing so much? Well, once we had gotten involved and had done some all-ages in adult shows at the Little Theater, um, actually... Elizabeth Head had directed for seven or eight years, I think, maybe longer than that, had directed the kids' shows, and her daughters had aged out, and so she did her final show, and so that directing spot was open, and Sykeston Little Theater has always offered a kids' show. It's part of the the yearly um, set of shows that they're going to offer every year, and so they needed somebody, and our daughter at that time, was in fifth or sixth grade and and we knew she was going to want to be involved in it and so it just sort of made sense we we really had no idea what we were taking on we just said let's do it and so the first the first show that we did was elf jr and we walked in we got everything you know we auditioned the kids and we were just sort of shocked at the number of kids who came out we um very quickly had adults parents mostly that were willing to help us out because you can imagine with 
anywhere between 40 and 60 kids, depending on the show. It takes a lot of adults. It's not like just the director can show up and, and handle them all. So we had a team of parents who stepped up to help in the backstage areas and just supervision, you know, where we needed it. And um, we really thoroughly enjoyed the process. It's so much fun to watch kids. And in, in that particular show, it wasn't familiar music. Elf is not a Elf. The movie is not a musical. And so when you do a musical like Little Mermaid, you know, all the music, the Elf, the musical, that music was all original for that show. So we learned from scratch the entire um, musical repertoire for that song, for that musical, and did it in 10 weeks and just seeing the kids soak it in and be little sponges for, for the acting direction, for the singing, for the, um, the blocking where they're supposed to be on stage. It's the kind of thing where they learned it fast. They did it well. They had fun doing it. And again, our team of adults had fun being together. And so that's where we, that's was sort of where we were thriving. So we went from elf and we did um, Frozen. We Over the whole COVID break, Frozen actually took us eight months to get on stage from auditions to performance because we had to take a big break over COVID. But we were one of the first theaters that started performing again in southeast Missouri. In, in fact, even southern Illinois, um, we, we put on Frozen um, in, in August after COVID had happened and gave people an outlet for, that they were so desperate for of creativity and togetherness. And then we went from Little Mermaid, and um, then we did Matilda, and we we did Peter Pan, and then we took a year off, and and I'm back um, directing this one. So it's just fun to work with the kids and to get there and see them them have a place to belong and have a place to thrive and be creative and meet new friends because there are kids in this production um, and all of our productions from all over. like I said, Jackson, New Madrid, um, Charleston, Benton. Um, we've got homeschool kids. We've got parochial school kids, you know, kids that just would never meet each other if it weren't for this group, this cast that they're part of right now. And you are a, a teacher. I want to point that out. How does how yes. does you being a teacher, how has that helped you? And and I don't want to say dealing's not the right word, but directing these <laughs> kids, um, you know, so many of them. How has that kind of helped you with that? Um, well, I think to be honest, um, I come at it from not just a teacher point of view, but also from a parent point of view. Um, we have been very careful to um, have a high standard, which I believe teachers usually do. We we expect a lot from the kids. And I know what the behavior expectations are at school. And so when they come to when they come to the theater, we want them to have fun and we want them to be free to express themselves and be creative. But obviously there has to be a standard of expectation as far as respect and as far as, you know, behavior. And so I I've just been kind of able to naturally include that. But also as a teacher who's a parent. We've been very careful with our shows to um, respect that timing as um, as parents and for other parents, because when we just things as simple as when we say we're going to be done at eight o'clock, we're going to be done at eight o'clock because we know that these kids need to go home and sleep. You know, they've been at school all day. They've come to rehearsal for two or three hours. And so we've held tightly to our calendar and to our schedules. And that, I think, has helped parents be able to to trust us and trust the process and hey this is a long it's a big commitment but 
we're going to take you from point A to point B, and you're going to get to sit in this auditorium and watch your kid. Your kid may never dunk the basketball or may never um, score the touchdown, but your kid's going to have a place on stage, and they're going to be in the lights, and they're possibly going to have lines or wear a microphone, things that they want to do, and you're going to get a chance to see them succeed. So after these 10 weeks of putting in all this time, um, if you'll trust us to to keep to our schedule and to take care of your kids for those 10 weeks, you're going to get to see them um, thrive in ways that you probably haven't done before you stepped into this theater. Amy, you were talking uh, going into the break about how um, you're respectful of the kids' time and the parents' time. And uh, no doubt it, it is quite the commitment that these kids and parents are making. But really neat to see, though, not only are you seeing the kids' progress on stage, but also the parents get to see that in their kids as well. Absolutely. Um, we have, for this particular the kids' productions every year, we will allow any kid that auditions to be part of the cast because we feel that it's it's foundational in in involving them in the future, um, not to not to cut them just because they don't have experience or maybe they don't have a certain level of talent. So the third through eighth grade production, any kid who auditions gets to be cast. And so what we find in that is that there are kids that they don't excel academically or athletically or even socially sometimes, but something got them in those doors. And um, they may not even necessarily excel on stage, but they learn to be comfortable on stage. They learn to work as a team on stage. They may not even have that solo, but they get their minute and they learn confidence and they might learn a little bit of dance. They might learn how to sing a little bit, but they definitely learn how to take direction, how to, to be flexible, like I said, how to work as a team. And it's been such an amazing thing to see, not only as a parent whose daughter has spent considerable time there, um, but as a director. And I have, I have kids that I see um, in lots of different schools in my position, and I love getting called out and said, Miss Amy, you know, because I, I wouldn't get to, to meet all of those kids if I was just – you know, a teacher, I would just be limited. So it's always good to see the kids out in the community and they're excited to see us because they've connected with us at the theater. And it is, like I said earlier, a fun atmosphere. Although we do a lot of hard work, we also do a lot of laughing and we do, we get to sing and we get to dance. And then we get to throw you on stage. Last night at rehearsal, in fact, was the first night that the kids got to see part of the light show that will be part of this production. And it was amazing to see how they stood up a little straighter and they worked a little harder. They sang a little louder. The kids that were not on stage that were actually sitting in the seats watching this part of rehearsal sat a little more quietly because you start adding in those little magical moments like lights and costumes. And it's not just me and my, you know, whatever I wore to school standing on stage saying the lines. It becomes, oh, this is Finding Nemo. This isn't just just something fun. Um, and so it was really neat to see that because we're about two weeks away from opening the production and they started to feel and see the magic that their, their family members and their friends who buy tickets to come see the show will get to see. So from this point on, it becomes super stimulating and super fun to start really putting the show together. And that's just, it's the best part of the entire thing is once you, once you get to this part, you realize why that commitment is totally worth it. I think it's also uh, really neat to 
because uh, I've been in productions uh, there as well and in high school. And there's a, a point where you're like, oh, my gosh, this is never <laughs> this is never going <laughs> yes. to come together. And then all of a sudden, a week or two out, it's like, poof, it all just falls into place. And that is an amazing thing to, to witness. It really is. And the team of people it takes to do that. Um, we have, you know, the people in the in the booth up top running sound and lyrics and projections and lights um, to the people who are picking up trash and emptying trash cans and, you know, making sure that the facility is clean. And, of course, like I said, our parents who are backstage literally just wrangling children, making sure that their costumes are on right and making sure that they are where they're supposed to be and that they're quiet and that if one of them is melting down because they're having a bit of stage fright, of course we have that. We have, we have little cheerleading parents back there who are helping him, you know, through that. And that's, that's a life lesson uh, that, that we do hard things. And sometimes, sometimes getting on stage is hard for a lot of kids, but the next time it's going to be a little bit easier for them. And it's just amazing to see kids of all abilities, all strengths, all weaknesses just come together to put this on for the community. All right, so let's talk about the play itself, Finding Nemo Jr. Uh, most people are familiar with the story, right? It's a Disney uh, movie, but talk about this production. Why did you choose it, and what can we expect? Well, uh, back years ago now, it was about 11 or 12 years ago, my family went to Walt Disney World. And in Animal Kingdom, they still do the show, Finding Nemo. And it was a stage production and we were we were super impressed. We loved it. It's a little musical, you know, 30, 45 minutes long, um, just to kind of give you one of those breaks to sit down in an air-conditioned place at Disney World. And we loved it. The music was fun. And um, we had just kind of always remembered that we loved that production. Well, we when we were directing the kids' shows, we would start looking for whatever show that we wanted to do next. And Finding Nemo became... Um, a, an upcoming, they were advertising it as an upcoming production with the, the company that we, that we buy the Disney Junior shows from. And so we, that was going to be our next show. In fact, after Little Mermaid, our plan was to do Finding Nemo. Well, COVID hit and COVID pushed it back. And so we, every year we're just watching for it. We were watching for it and we were watching for it again because we knew the music was just fun and that it's such a popular movie, um, among kids. You know, of, of lots of different ages, it's la- that movie has lasted for a long time in its popularity. And so literally this last year has been the first time that it was available. Um, it finally came into into production um, as this this um, junior musical. And so I knew that that when it, when I was going to direct the show again, that that's the one I wanted to go for, because we had already been sort of talking about it. We had seen it. We knew that we liked it. And. It it um, is just, I think everybody loves Finding Nemo, and I think it's going to. It, there are a few little tweaks, a few little differences than than from the movie, but I think everybody will just leave feeling sort of all warm and fuzzy after they watch it. Well, I think it's interesting too. It's a musical, right? Because the movie's really not. Right, there really is not much music in the movie at all. But this one is. It is a musical, and it is a little bit different than something like Frozen or Little Mermaid, where those songs are built in. Um, to the show in huge ways like Let It Go and Part of Your World. These songs, there are lots of little ditties is what I would call them, little bits of songs that come in and out. Um, Nemo, excuse me, Nemo tells a lot of her story or his story. Our actor is a, is a girl. Um, but there's, there is a song that comes three or four different times that Nemo sings that progresses 
through the through the musical, but it progresses through her story as as the child um, of Marlon and um, Dory, the the sort of comical friend um, in the show has ditties that come along. If you remember, Dory has short-term memory issues, and her little ditty comes along and just makes people laugh, and people love her. And um, so those songs are, are little bits that kind of get stuck in your head, but they're they're little bits of songs. There are two or three big production pieces, though, with the sea turtles, and um, there's an entire team of, of um, characters that, that belong in the aquarium. Um, in the movie, the aquarium is in the dentist's office. The dentist's office doesn't exist in the stage production, but the aquarium still does. And there's there's the bird that visits the aquarium. And so that team of kids gets to sing um, and perform. There's just five or six of them that get to do their own pieces. So there are there are just some fun little little ways that they have highlighted the storyline and added music that I, I think people will really enjoy. So it is coming up. Um, talk about tickets. How can people get tickets for this? Because they will go fast. They will go fast. They always do, as you can imagine. I've got around 40 um, kids in this production. And so if you you can imagine the parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and all the people want to come see the show, the tickets for if you are a member of the theater, they are on sale right now on the Sykes and Little Theater website. And um, you can still become a member if you wanted to buy tickets right now and are not already a member. For people that are not members of the theater, those tickets will go on sale this Sunday. So um, they would be able to buy as many tickets as they wanted to um, without a membership. That's SykesandLittleTheater.com. And that tells you how to buy that. You can also access that through the Sykes and Little Theater Facebook page. It will, you can hit the link to go to the website that way. All right. The play's coming up the last weekend in January, first weekend in February. We can't wait to see it. Amy, thanks for coming and uh, joining me on the show today. Thank you, Glenn. All right. Amy Thornsboro, uh, director of Finding Nemo Jr., Sykes and Little Theater. Go check it out. We'll see you next weekend on the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell.